You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, you know, it's getting really weird out there. And when I say weird, I'm talking about not humorously weird, although some of it is, is humorous when you look at it from, from how far out some of these people are. But I'm talking more about how dangerous it's getting because the things that our president is doing in conjunction with the far-left members of Congress and the far-left members of the news media, uh, you know, this this guy is just beyond us. And uh, for recent example, okay, let's look at the Israeli elections. Now, you may not like Netanyahu. Uh, you may not like everything that Israel's done. But the fact of the matter is that they have been a solid ally of ours, virtually our only ally to a great extent in the Middle East. We can't always trust them. You know, we've arrested Israeli spies in the past, and uh, they have sometimes undercut us. But they have been solid in providing intelligence to us, helping us in our fight against the, the terrorism, because they're big sufferers of terrorism themselves. And here we are. Netanyahu opposes the Iranian deal that Obama's about to make. And you will see a big article on my blog about that when it comes out. It's supposed to be done by the end of this month, by March 31st. I'm not going to write about it until I know exactly what's in it. But it appears that Obama is going to completely capitulate to the Iranians in this thing, that he's already been kicking this can down the road repeatedly, providing them with more time to enrich uranium, and to get ready to have nuclear weapons. Now, I understand from intelligence reports that have just come in today that Assad in Syria is working with both the North Koreans and the Iranians to get him nuclear weapons, which, of course, is another game-changer for the Middle East. We have another dictator out there who will have nuclear weapons. But Iran has been pledged by all of our presidents in the past few years that Iran will never be allowed to get a nuclear weapon. Israel is completely very concerned about this, obviously, because Iran, the Ayatollahs in Iran, have repeatedly said that they want to destroy the big Satan, which is the United States, and the little Satan, which is Israel. And they have said they want to wipe all the Jews off the face of the earth. They want to kill everybody in Israel. They want to turn the terrorists loose on them, and they want to do the, have the Muslims just eradicate all the Jews in Israel. And, of course, they're already eradicating Christians all over the, the region, and Obama's doing absolutely nothing about that. But Netanyahu has stood fast against Iran getting the nuclear weapon. And he's indicated that if they have to go it alone, they will go it alone, and that they will launch strikes against the Iranians to keep them from developing and deploying nuclear weapons. Obama just says, let's negotiate. These are good good guys. They'll listen to me. I'm the world's greatest leader. I tell them to do. So he's negotiating with them to get a promise with no verification required, apparently. A promise from the Iranians that they will not develop nuclear weapons. For that promise, all of the money that has been seized from Iranian accounts and foreign countries will be returned. A lot of it's already been returned. That's the reason that they... Their economy has gotten better. We had their economy on the ropes. Uh, they were in real trouble for a while. Now we've let them 
let them come back and uh, get their economy better, and to completely continue enriching uranium. They went from just a few centrifuges to, under the Obama administration, thousands of centrifuges. We know for a fact that they're acquiring long-range missiles, cruise missiles, among others. They're working on getting ICBMs so that they can launch a nuclear strike not only against Israel, but against other countries in the Middle East, against Europe, and even against the United States. Obama's going to let them do this. He's going to make an agreement with them, apparently, that only will last for 10 years and will be a, an, exe- an agreement by executive order. So he will not submit it to the United States Senate for approval. He will veto any sanctions imposed by the Congress on the Iranians. He is opening the door for a terrorist-supporting regime. And let's face it, we know now for a fact from the bin Laden documents that that were captured uh, when he was killed, we know for a fact that bin Laden was in Iran for a while after 9-11, hiding out, that al-Qaeda has been able to go into Iran and set up training camps, that they are big supporters of al-Qaeda, I'm talking about the Iranians, and they have been allowing al-Qaeda to expand at the same time, the President of the United States has been saying, oh, we defeated Al-Qaeda. I personally uh, had bin Laden killed, and I personally uh, have defeated Al-Qaeda. We know that's not true. Al-Qaeda is as strong or stronger than ever. And then we have the ISIS uh, armies in the, uh, in the picture now, continuing to slaughter people on a mass scale and continuing to make it very difficult for the country of Iraq to survive. And Iraq has now had to, because of the abandonment by Obama, the abandonment of the United States, has basically had to ally itself with Iranian-backed militias to try to defeat ISIS and take back the country, part of their country that's been taken over, which is about a third of their country. So all in all, the Iranians are getting stronger and stronger in the Middle East. The recent overthrow of the government in Yemen was done by Iranian-backed militias. So they now control Yemen. They pretty much control Libya, along with the terrorist organizations that they sponsor. They control parts of Iraq and are allied in other parts of Iraq with Shiite militias. And now we're going to let them have a nuclear weapon, because this open-ended agreement basically says that the Iranians will be required to promise that for 10 years they will not develop a nuclear weapon. After that, all bets are off. They can do whatever they want. Ten years sounds like a long time, but it's not. Not when you've got children and grandchildren like I do. Ten years from now, I may not be around, but they'll be living under this direct threat. Obama continues to circumvent the Constitution. He says he doesn't need for the Senate to approve this, that he can make this deal on his own. Well, if he does make a deal like that, first of all, it's unconstitutional because this is a major treaty. I mean, this is something that has to be approved by the Congress of the United States. This is not something that an American president should do or can do on his own. But Obama intends to do it that way. The thing about the agreement is is that it's not going to be binding on anybody. 
It's not going to be binding on the Iranians. It's not going to be binding on the United States, because if a new president is elected in 2016 who doesn't agree with this agreement, he can cancel it just by executive order. That's why Congress needs to be involved. That's why there needs to be congressional oversight of this. That's why it needs to be submitted to the United States Senate as a treaty. It will obviously not get two-thirds majority of the Senate. So the treaty will be defeated, and Obama knows that, so he's just going to bypass the Senate. He's doing the same thing with the U.N. Small Arms Treaty. He's claiming that he can enforce the U.N. Small Arms Treaty on the American people without submitting it, it is clearly called a treaty, without submitting it to the Senate for ratification. They're claiming that what the Constitution really means is that two-thirds of the Senate would then have to stop him from enforcing the treaty. That's absolutely wrong. That's a lie. We have years of precedence from the Supreme Court that says that's not the way the Constitution is designed to work. That's not the way it has worked in the past. But again, Obama's going off on his own. But back to Israel, we now know for a fact that Obama, in violation of federal law, sent people into Israel to try to influence the outcome of the election, to try to get Netanyahu defeated by the much more liberal Israeli party that was opposing him. Millions of dollars of taxpayer, U.S. taxpayer money, went to these organizations. And we had Americans in there directing the organizations. A couple of them were former campaign directors of the Obama campaign. Americans were in there working with these organizations. And our State Department supplied them with millions of dollars to help defeat Netanyahu. Well, there's a lot of egg on the president's face right now and it's certainly justified, because Netanyahu won overwhelmingly. And probably the reason he won overwhelmingly was because of what the president's doing was wrong. The Israeli people have been attacked, repeated, since the country, back in 1947. They have been attacked repeatedly by the Muslims around the, the region, by terrorists, by the Palestinians, the so-called Palestinian state has never existed. They, the idea of the Palestinian people really doesn't exist. These are a conglomeration of people from various countries in the region, some of who just happened to be living in Israel when it was created. So you have the myth of the Palestinians, and they have been attacking the Israelis repeatedly. They use terrorist attacks. They kill innocent women and children. They blow up school buses. They fire rockets. Hezbollah and Hamas fire rockets into Israel from, from Lebanon and other places. And, by the way, did you, you realize that Obama is moving to take Iran and Hezbollah off of the terrorist list? He is moving to legitimize a terrorist organization and the Ill, the illegitimate state that sponsors it. This provides them with all kinds of opportunities to get more American money, to get funding from the State Department, to get funding uh, from our government, from American taxpayers. But what Obama has done in this election, 
is absolutely horrendous because he has openly and brazenly spent American taxpayer dollars to influence the outcome of an election in a foreign country. And we're not talking about, you know, trying to influence an election where it was democracy versus communism in favor of the Democratic candidate, in favor of the candidate who believes in, in, in democracy. Even that would be illegal. We're talking about an attempt to get rid of an American ally, a strong American ally, simply because he dares to oppose the Obama administration. And guess what? And this is kind of interesting. It now appears pretty certain that Hillary Clinton's problems, she has about her emails now and about not signing the separation form, those were brought on by Valerie Jarrett. Obama's advisors, and we'll talk more about that after the break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. But Hillary Clinton is certainly a piece of work. I mean, we've seen what she did as Secretary of State. Uh, we still don't know the full details about what happened in Benghazi, but obviously Clinton, on her watch, was responsible for the security being reduced for our ambassador in Libya. And for the the other people in the in the embassy over there and the consulates, exactly when he was asking for Chris Stevens was asking for more security, uh, security was reduced. And when the attack took place on Benghazi, Hillary Clinton and the president and everybody knew immediately it was a terrorist attack, but nothing was done to try to rescue our people. In fact, people in the area, members of our military who were in a position to try to get there and pre- prevent some of the deaths, we're told to stand down. We don't know. And, and Hillary tried to cover this up, and uh, the president tried to cover it up because he was in the middle of his re-election campaign. 
So, you know, this is just one of the things Hillary Clinton did. Now the revelations are coming out that despite the fact that it is illegal, and let's face it, both of the Clintons have always walked the line between illegal and legal actions. And most of the time they've crossed that line. And they have crossed it and gotten away with it. Uh, Bill Clinton did that when he was he lied while he was in the White House. Uh, he got disbarred, lost his law license because he lied under oath, committed perjury while he was in the White House. Yet efforts to impeach him failed. He was protected by the media. He was protected by the Democrats. He's now he's one of the most popular people among the Democratic Party. Hillary is appears to be the anointed one to be the Democratic candidate for President of the United States. But now the revelations have come out that the foundation, supposedly a charitable foundation, set up by Bill and Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton, has been received, was receiving millions of dollars in foreign contributions during the time when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. Now, when she became Secretary of State, it was required that they stop receiving any foreign contributions for fear that it would influence the decisions that were made by the Secretary of State regarding places like countries like Saudi Arabia and even China and other countries out there. She pledged that there would be no accepting of foreign donations. We now know that that was a lie, that while she was Secretary of State, the foundation continued to receive millions of dollars in donations. And by the way, the so-called charities, very little of the money that comes into this foundation goes to charitable work. Most of it apparently goes directly to the Clintons. So they're receiving millions of dollars illegally, and now it comes out that in violation of the security protocols of our government, she had a private server set up and email accounts while she was Secretary of State that were private accounts. She did not go through the required government accounts. Uh, you know, if you ever try to email somebody in the, in the government or some government agency, there's that U.S. Uh, that's .gov in the email address. Well, she didn't have that account. Didn't even open one. Never used it. She used private server and several private email accounts to do business as Secretary of State. Now, we don't know how secure these accounts were. Accounts were. We don't know if they could easily have been hacked into or were hacked into. Apparently, at one point, they were, because it was originally a foreign hacker that released information that these accounts existed. At least, we thought it was a foreign hacker. Now, it turns out that it was probably Valerie Jarrett who is the president's chief advisor. Now, Valerie Jarrett is not a member of the cabinet. She's his advisor. She has got his ear on just about everything. She is a known communist and has been for years. She is also a Muslim, and she is his chief advisor. So why, when Hillary Clinton was an ally of Obama, why would Hillary Clinton be thrown to the wolves by the Obama administration? Well, there's several theories here. One is that he is furious over the fact that she did lie to him and lie to the American people about her email accounts. 
because initially she wouldn't talk about anything like this. And she used these illegal accounts, apparently, to get money, like I said, for her foundation. She also lied about the Benghazi emails, and now those are being, going to be coming out. At least we hope so. We don't know how many of these emails have been destroyed, whether or not they can be recovered. Supposedly, our people went through them and, and decided to turn over all of them that were relevant to the government. But Obama's furious because he, she accepted money from a foreign government when she said she would not do that. He's also apparently furious because they have a separation form that when she resigned as Secretary of State, she had to sign, all government employees have to do this, particularly those in the higher levels of the administration, clearly saying that they have turned over all documents relating to their term in office to the government. Now, this is required by federal law. All these documents have to be preserved in the National Archives. They have to be, people have to be able to access All of them are supposed to be in the archives. This is not the way the Clintons play the game. So she lied to even Obama about this and did not sign the separation form. And it took weeks for the State Department to finally admit that no such form had been signed. They couldn't find the form. So Obama may be just upset about that. Another scandal for his administration, which he doesn't need. He's got enough of his own. There's another possibility out there, though, which is really scary. And that is Obama does not want Hillary Clinton to be the next president of the United States. He does not want her to be a strong candidate for president of the United States. He didn't even want her to be a candidate at all. He wants some other weaker candidate to, to be running in the Democratic Party. Why? Well, think about this. If it looks like in 2016 that they are not going to have Hillary Clinton anointed as president of the United States, if the Democrats are in a position where they're going to lose the presidency, Obama may just decide he needs a third term. Now, the Constitution prohibits that, but we know how Obama views the Constitution. He's got absolutely no use for it. He's preparing, he's trying to destroy it in every way he can. He ignores the Constitution by issuing illegal and unconstitutional executive orders, like the one on amnesty. He bypasses Congress, he ignores the federal courts, he ignores the United States Supreme Court, and the United States Supreme Court has ruled the SEC has no authority, legal authority to regulate the Internet. Yet Obama has ordered them to do so, and they are in fact doing so. So we know how he feels about the Constitution. So what's to stop him from announcing that the amendment to the Constitution that prohibits a president from being elected for more than two consecutive terms, in his view, is null and void, that it doesn't mean anything, and he announces that he's going to be running for president of the United States. That's one way he could do it. Who would stop him? Sort of the national news media would not do anything about it. The Democratic-controlled states, he would certainly go on the ballot. In Republican-controlled states, that might be a different story. Unless Obama uses some event 
or comes up with some manufactured reason to declare martial law. To basically say that I'm going to suspend the 2016 elections for whatever reason he comes up with, and I'm going to continue as president of the United States indefinitely until I feel comfortable in calling new elections. At that point, there are not a whole lot of options left for the people of the United States other than revolt, revolution, a military coup, something to oust this man. And right now, we see the politicians in Washington, the Democrats, I mean, they're good little Nazis. You know, they, they walk in lockstep and do whatever Obama tells them to do for the most part. They are proud to be his minions. They are proud to be his drones, his Obama bots. And they will continue to do what he tells them to do. We can expect that that will be the case if he decides to declare himself the President of the United States for life, or even for just one more term. I think that is a possibility, that that is being set up by Obama, and that that's one reason they want Hillary Clinton out of the picture. Because the Democrats are going to be less inclined to go with an Obama third term if they think they're going to elect Hillary, who will basically continue the left-wing program Obama has started. So it's a sort of a cat people. Then we have a dictatorship. If Hillary gets in, we have a continuation of the Obama dictatorship. Only a new, a new name. I know it's... And I've never really been a conspiracy theory guy. But boy, I tell you what, it's, it's looking really scary out there. Too many things are happening. Too many things are... Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. 
When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we appreciate you listening. We apologize that uh, we had a little technical problem there. Texas is having some bad weather, and if you know Texas when it's bad there, it's bad, and we lost Michael. Hopefully uh, we got you back, Michael, and uh, we'll keep you this time. Well, hopefully so. I was talking when, you know, all of a sudden suddenly I got cut off about me not believing in most conspiracy theories, but it was getting scary out there. But uh, we got... A lot of bad weather in the area right now, so I can't see if there's a drone over my head. But uh, that would not surprise me, because this has happened, what, two or three times now uh, during my show, where all of a sudden I've just been disconnected. It didn't happen any other time, just during my show. So hopefully I'm back on now for the rest of the show, and we can go back to talking about the conspiracy theories. And uh, maybe the drones can't see me at this point, I don't know. But it's certainly getting weird. In any case, we were talking about the possibility of Obama just deciding he wants to have a third term and how he could make that happen or thinks he could make it happen. And the consequences, of course, would be devastating in the United States, but the consequences will be just as devastating if somebody like Hillary Clinton gets in or is Elizabeth Warren. You know, she's the new heir apparent. If, if Clinton goes down the tubes, Elizabeth Warren out of Massachusetts will come in. Remember her? She's the one who ran against Scott Brown, and it was found that she had lied applications, like a college scholarship application and uh, other applications claiming that she was of American Indian heritage. And you notice I say American Indian. I didn't say Native American. I'll explain that in a minute. But uh, she lied on those applications, turns out she has no Native American blood in her, as she put it. So, you know, she says, I'm a Native American. No, she's not an American Indian. She's got no American Indian blood. If she does, it's minuscule and doesn't allow her to qualify for special benefits uh, as a result. But she was elected anyway by the people of Massachusetts. I mean, after all, they elected Kennedys forever, and they elected John Kerry, and, uh, she is a extreme leftist. I mean, she's to the left of Hillary Clinton. She wants guns to be outlawed entirely in this country, the Second Amendment to be abolished. She basically wants the First Amendment to be abolished. She's just like Obama, except in some cases she's Obama on steroids. So she would be the, the next heir apparent we'd be looking at. If we're looking at 2016, a Democrat being kept in the White House, it doesn't matter if the Republicans still control the Senate. It may not at that point. Because let's face it, by 2016, 
I'm convinced we're going to have a lot of illegals out there who have been granted amnesty by Obama, or even if they haven't been granted amnesty by Obama, are going to have be registered to vote in this country. They're being given driver's licenses. They're being given social security numbers. The Department of Justice continues to oppose voter ID laws around the country. But, I mean, if they've got a driver's license with their picture on it and they got a social security number, how are we going to know, how are the people, the polling places going to know that they're illegals? You cannot vote in an election in this country unless you are a United States citizen, either a natural-born citizen or someone who has been naturalized through the process. By 2016, there are going to be millions of people around the country that are going to be illegal here illegally, who are not American citizens, even if they've been granted amnesty, they're still not going to be, shouldn't be allowed to vote until they become citizens. Yet that's going to be happening. So we're looking at the possibility, several possibilities in 2016, none of which are good. First of all, there being no election at all, and Obama just declaring himself to continue to be president, using martial law as an excuse. Or we're looking at the possibility of the elections being rigged and stolen. And either Obama continuing to be president or having a proxy in there to be president for him. None of which looks good. But let me tell you, I'm going to digress here briefly because of the so-called you know, American Indian versus Native American controversy. I just heard that there is a school board in Buffalo, New York, that has taken away the name Redskins from a high school there. Now, this has been their for, you know, name for their, for their team for 70 years. Parents were not given the option of doing anything here. They were at the meeting. They weren't allowed to speak. They had to... To say anything, they had to interrupt the deliberations going on with the board members. And this was supposedly being done because two other schools had refused to send a lacrosse team to play against this team because they found the term Redskins offensive. And we all know about the flap going on in the National Football League about the Washington Redskins. What's offensive about that? It's not a racist comment. It's a name that has been around for many, many years. You know, they had tried to raise the same thing in the uh, in Florida State, in the state of Florida with the Florida State football team. They, they're called the Seminoles. And the progressives and, you know, the left-wingers, politically correct crowd, said, oh, no, you have to take, take that name off. You know, it, it's offensive to the Seminoles, the Seminole Indians. The Seminole Indians said, no, it's not. We consider it an honor to have a, a prominent college team named after us. So that kind of went down the tubes. But let me tell you about a lot of the American Indians that I know. And I've, my late wife was Irish and Cherokee. She was a Cherokee heritage. I worked with the Boy Scouts of America for years. I was on a Order of the Arrow. Order of the Arrow is a Boy Scout uh, honor, honor society. And it is patterned after American Indian tradition. And we have Indian dance teams. And we have ceremonies, all of which were taught to us by American Indians. 
And I've been going to powwows for years. I was on a dance team. I sponsored a dance team with my scout troop, and I was an order of the arrow adult leader. And uh, we went to a lot of powwows around the country where our dance teams competed. And I went to them just because uh, I like being there with a group of people. I like the, the dancing. I like the ceremonies. I, and I always participate in the dance, particularly the veterans dance. In fact, I was honored at a powwow in Bandera a few years back when they asked me to uh, be one of the people to carry one of the flags. I got to carry the POWMIA flag, which is flown at all the powwows put on by tribes in this country. They honor the veterans. They have a special veterans dance. This was the opening ceremony. This was when we were allowed. Uh, to, we went in and presented the colors uh, for the opening of the powwow. They refer to themselves as American Indians, or just as Indians. I have rarely, at any of the powwows, heard them call themselves Native Americans. Now, a few years back, my late wife and I were in North Carolina, and we were in Cherokee, North Carolina, which around that area encompasses the, the Cherokee Indian Reservation. And we were touring the reservation. We were on there to, to see some of the the mock village that they had set up, an old-style village. And there were five or six young Cherokees there who were running the village. And I, for whatever reason, referred to them as Native Americans. And they politely but firmly corrected me. They basically said, we do not like that term. That's a term been created by some liberal college professors on the East Coast. We do not consider ourselves Native Americans. We consider ourselves Americans first, and then Cherokees second. And we're proud of our heritage. And one of them said something that has stuck with me for a long time. He said, we think that the only Native Americans are the buffalo. So that corrected me. But now we have the political correct crowd out there running around saying that High school team can't use the term Redskins, and that everybody has to use the term Native Americans when we're referring to American Indians. I don't think that's the case. That's not not what I hear. But like I said, it's crazy out there. The PC movement is going absolutely nuts. It's getting worse and worse. We have flag bans. All you know, students and college campuses um, banning the American flag. College professors calling the flag racist and insisting it be banned from college campuses. People are being told they can't fly the flags in their apartments, in their apartment balconies. Everywhere that we go, they're trying to ban the American flag. At the same end, they're you know banning Christianity, banning religious practices, banning the mention of the words God on high school campuses, banning prayers banning students from even wearing T-shirts that profess their faith in Jesus Christ. Yet, and this is a big yet, if they're a Muslim, they are being given special privileges on high school and college campuses. The call to prayer is being used at certain universities. The Muslim call to prayer. And many high schools, our students are required to take courses on the Muslim religion. 
were required to do things like here in Texas, some female students were required to wear burqas one day, so they could find out how American Muslim or how Muslim women live. They weren't being told that Muslim women under Sharia law or property, but they are subject to being tortured and killed by their husbands or fathers for virtually no reason at all other than they have done something to disperse the family honor, according to the father. That Muslim women in places like Saudi Arabia cannot go out on the streets by themselves. They have to be accompanied by a man. They are not allowed to drive a car. They are not allowed to go to school. Yet, in our college, our high school campuses around the country, young girls are being taught that the Muslim religion is great for women, very liberating for women. That's why we have situations like three girls from England who left England and got to Turkey and then into Saudi and Syria to become part of the ISIS movement. So what are they going to be doing? Well, I don't know what they thought they were going to be doing, but what they're actually doing is they have been married off or other members of ISIS, and they are basically chattels. And they could be totally have to be suicide bombers. There's no love involved here. That's the indoctrination that's going on in our schools. In a Colorado high school recently, Students were forced, and they were given no choice in this. Now, when the Pledge of Allegiance is, is set, stated in schools, students are is required the students be given a choice to refuse to say it. But when they had the same Pledge of Allegiance stated in Arabic, students had to say the Pledge of Allegiance, and that included us being one nation under Allah. That was in the pledge. And students were not allowed to deviate from that. That's the craziness that's going on here. We get more craziness going on in the private sector. We have Starbucks, which, you know, I haven't been to a Starbucks in years and don't ever set one in put in one ever ever again. But Starbucks has uh, already banned people from being able to carry firearms into their stores, even if they have a concealed weapon permit. But now they've come up with something even crazier, and we'll talk about that after the final break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. I was talking before the break about the craziness of the Starbucks. Uh, their latest thing is that the CEO of Starbucks has told the people that work for him to write on the cups of coffee that they hand people the word race together and then to start engaging people that come into Starbucks, particularly the white people, and this is directed mostly at the black employees, but they want them to engage white people in discussion about race. Now, when people go into Starbucks, they go in, they have a cup of coffee, and they go in to relax, and they want to talk. If they want to talk with friends, they want to talk about whatever they want to. But that's not what the Starbucks CEO wants. He wants it to engage and talks about race relations, including the Michael Brown situation, the now discredited business about a young, innocent black man being shot by a white policeman while the black man had his hands up trying to uh, say, don't shoot. We know now that none of that is true. Even Harry, Eric Holder's Justice Department could not find that the story was true in any way whatsoever. Yet this CEO wants people to have to discuss that in Starbucks. You know what? I hope this puts Starbucks out of business. They lost a lot of business when they did the gun ban. I am tired of being told what I can say and what I have to talk about and what I have to do, not only by the politically correct idiots in the government, but by the politically correct idiots out in the private sector. I mean, we have the new push now for an ammo ban. Obama was going to, or the Bureau of Alcohol Back on Firearms, under the push from Obama, was going to ban 223 ammunition, which is primarily used in AR-15 rifles, which is a rifle of choice of millions of Americans, both for hunting and for self-defense. They're going to ban it because they say that it is <laughs> armor-piercing ammunition, which it has been proven it is not. But you have the politically correct news media now raising this hue and cry because ATF backed off from the ban. Now you have the Democrats and the news media raising the hue and cry, well, this has to be done. This has to be done to protect our police. At the same time, these same people are attacking our police because of situations like the Michael Brown situation. They're bringing about an atmosphere where police are now being called pigs, there was a march in Austin, Texas yesterday involving the Black Panthers and other far-left 
groups who were actively marching and saying, kill the pigs, kill the pigs. We want dead police. This is what the atmosphere is being created by these people. When I say these people, I'm talking about the leftists. Doesn't matter what race they are. If they're far left and they hate the United States and they hate our Constitution, they're going to do whatever they need to do to, to stir up racial discord in this country and to get people in this country distrusting each other and start class warfare and to bring down the United States of America. That is the game they're playing. That is what they're trying to do. And unfortunately, they seem to be successful at it. The executive orders, the things that Obama's doing, are crushing this country. And he's doing even more with executive actions, because that's what this ammo ban is. This isn't being passed by the Congress of the United States. It's not even being submitted by the Congress to the Congress of the United States. It's going to be done by federal regulation. And that's what Obama's doing. He's instituting various forms of gun control by executive actions or just by changing the rules. Having executive agencies like BATF and HHS issue new regulations, and in some cases these are not even being submitted for public comment like is required by the federal law. But they're instituting all these new regulations, and they're basically going to try to disarm the American people. And you've heard me talk repeatedly about what's happening with the veterans, and it's getting worse. I met with a veteran just the other day right here in Texas who was apparently declared incompetent. I've seen the paperwork. You know, we're not making this stuff up. He was apparently declared incompetent to handle his own financial affairs and banned from owning firearms because he had all of his bills paid automatically through his bank account. According to the federal government, that makes him incompetent to handle his own financial affairs and mentally ill to the point of being a danger to himself or others, so he cannot open a firearm. People out there being veterans with PTSD when they don't have it, or if they have it, it's very minor. They're being declared incompetent because they ever were treated for depression or even said they were depressed. Being declared incompetent because they let their spouses pay the family bills. And the incompetence decisions, the decision that veterans are, you know, they say they're bipolar, they're depressed, uh, they've got PTSD. A lot of times we're finding out these decisions are not being made by psychiatrists or psychologists or even by MDs. They're being made by nurse practitioners or in some cases by people who aren't even in the medical field. Counselors on veterans' benefits are apparently now empowered to declare a United States veteran incompetent and take away their Second Amendment rights. This is horrendous. If you're a veteran and this is happening to you, you can go to usjf.net and email me through there, or you can email me directly at michael at usjfmail.net. Because at the United States Justice Foundation, we're representing all these veterans for free around the country. We're not charging veterans or their families a penny. And you need to contact me and let us know what your situation is, and we'll see if we can help you. We're also trying to raise money, and we've been trying to do this for, for months now, 
and we're get, getting some funds in, but we need quite a bit more before we actually move forward, and that is for a major lawsuit. We've already sued the VA once to get information, and we won. We want to go after the VA, but it's not just going to be the VA. It's the FBI, because the FBI, for example, if a veteran is declared incompetent, the FBI automatically puts them on the NICS list, the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist, to prohibit them from purchasing a firearm legally in this country. They automatically go on the list simply because the VA sent them notice that they, this veteran has been declared incompetent. They are not adjudicated, go through any adjudication process, and declare them mentally ill to the point of being a danger to themselves or others, which is what is supposed to happen under law. There's no due process that's required by the Constitution. Yet, if a veteran wins and reverses the incompetence, and it's a long, lengthy process to do that, and the burden of proof is all on the veteran, but we're winning some occasionally. And if, you, if the veteran wins, the FBI is still refusing them to take them off the list, off the NICS list, even though the only reason they're on there is because of the VA Declaration of Incompetence. So if you're interested in helping us out, if you're an attorney, and when I say helping us out, the United States Justice Foundation helping us help the veterans, please contact us. You can donate at usjf.net, and you can contact me about making a speech in your area about what's going on here or about doing a private meeting with uh, potential contributors. Uh, we're going all out on this. And, you know, it's not the only thing we're involved in. Right now we're working on Obamacare cases. We're working on First Amendment cases involving freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Uh, we're involved in a lot of stuff here but we're really concentrating on the veterans' situation. So come make a contribution to us, and if you're a veteran, go to usjf.net, and that's where you can also go to make a contribution to us. Or go to email me at michael at usjfmail.net and let me know what's going on. You want to keep up with all this, You can. we're revamping the usjf.net website and some articles getting posted on there too and we're working on some other things we're going to do with that website but in addition you can go to my blog and keep up with the articles I write there I put up at least a couple of months and if you want it let me know and I will email you and let you know when a new article is posted but you can find that at www.michaelconnelly.com you can find them see a biography about me there, find out who I am and what I've done. You can also check out my Mortimer, which is or a seller on Amazon, where you can buy it as both a paperback or an e-book, or you can buy it through the website as a paperback. There's my Patriot novel, Amigaly, A Story of America. You can check that out, see the reviews on it. By the left, and they're infuriated over it. <clears throat> the idea that I talk about Americans fighting for their freedom and winning and using firearms that we have and protecting the Second Amendment, you know, they, they just hate it. They're calling me a racist because I say bad things about the Muslims in there and the, you know, about uh, the left wing uh, Syrians, and then I say bad things about the Chinese. Anyway, they, I'm a racist, I'm a gun nut, uh, you know, you name it. I love it when I irritate the left. You can see all of that 
Again, michaelconnelly.jigsy.com, USJF mail or USJF.net. You can go there and look at the About Michael Connolly section on that website, and it'll give you a link to my blog. Thank you for listening to me today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.